Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Truth Central. I am your host, Brother D, and I just want to welcome each and every one of you today. Um, It's been a while since I've actually uh, gotten an opportunity to sit and dedicate some time to uh, making more episodes for this podcast. You know, some of you have been following me on YouTube. I have the YouTube channel, Biblical Truth Central. Um, I'm on Instagram as well with Biblical Truth Central, also on Facebook and Twitter. And I've been putting a lot of my energy towards YouTube and not as much here on the podcast. And, you know, I got to thinking and I just started, you know, pondering upon what Jesus told his disciples at the end of every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, and I like to refer to this when I'm talking to people as one of the last things, if not the very last thing that he told his disciples, which was to preach the gospel to every living creature. Now, obviously in the first century, we we wouldn't really know how we were going to do that. You know, you were only able to preach to whom was in front of you. You were only able to preach to the people that were standing right there and also the people that you were able to get in contact with traveling. Uh, We know that the Apostle Paul traveled all over the place to relay the message of the gospel, and that, that was exactly what he did. And not just him, but other disciples as well. They spent a lot of time traveling doing so. Um, Even today, you know, we have people in the mission field who travel to places like Honduras, places like Haiti, third world countries in which um, they don't really hear the gospel that often. So they do things of that nature. But not all of us are in a position of being able to travel all around the world to deliver the message of the gospel. But we all have access to different genres of utilizing tools to get the gospel out. This is the age of the internet. Um, As you can tell, the internet is taking over everywhere, people. Um, Stores are shutting down because people are doing all of their shopping online and To be honest with you, it's kind of concerning to me, but it's not all bad. You know, it's a double-edged sword. We can also utilize the internet here to spread the gospel to every living creature. Um, That is exactly why I utilize YouTube for the glory of God. It is exactly why I utilize um, the podcast here, Biblical Truth Central, to bring glory to God and to get the gospel out to every living creature. It is why I utilize Facebook. It is why I utilize Instagram, social media. We all have tools right at our fingertips to get the gospel out. And when I thought about what the Lord said to all of the disciples, I told myself, I'm like, you know, it's time to get back on the podcast because there are some people out here who are too busy to sit and watch a 20-minute video in depth. Some people are on the road. Some people are busy at work. And they can only discern the message just by listening. And if that's the case, 
podcasts are going to be something fantastic uh, to utilize. So that is exactly why um, I've decided to come back here uh, with Biblical Truth Central podcasts. Um, I'm going to be as consistent as I possibly can, at least uploading an episode once a week. Um, If you're somebody out there who feels that they need more content, I want to highly encourage you to go to my YouTube channel, Biblical Truth Central, where I have hundreds and hundreds of videos, hundreds of teachings, hundreds of preaching, hundreds of different type of materials in which you can utilize for yourself to build your spirit and to share with other people. So um, like I said, if you feel that you need more spiritual nourishment, go visit my YouTube channel, Biblical Truth Central. But for now, we are here and I want to talk about a very important topic. First of all, I hope each and every one of you are doing great. I hope you're doing well. And I know that that may not be the the mantra right now, especially with, with everything that's going on in the world, the chaotic situations that we're in. Um, we have racial tension that's going on in America right now. We have issues with law enforcement. We're having political Uh, disagreements between parties. We're just having so much hateful and just high tension moments that are going on right now in this world. Just so always happens around the election year. You know, I mean, this happened around 2016. Here we are in 2020 dealing with the coronavirus, um, also known as COVID-19. A lot of us are just trying to get our lives back together, coming out of quarantine because, well, the world pretty much shut down. A lot of people didn't exactly know what to do with themselves. And between that time period, a lot of people were seeking out answers. They were seeking out help. They were seeking the Lord. There was an all-time record of Bibles being sold around the time of the quarantine because so many people had questions. So many people had concerns. So many people were scared. And I believe that the Lord utilized that time to bring people to the cross, to bring people to the gospel, to allow people to see the world for what it really is and to get people saved. Hallelujah. Amen. We know that God can utilize any situation for his good and to bring glory to his name. Okay. So since we have all of these different things that are going on right now, I want to talk about a subject that a lot of Christians tend to get ping for, and that's anger. Okay. Anger. To be more specific, righteous anger. We're going to be talking about righteous anger. You know, I have scripture in front of me. We're going to be talking about uh, different scenarios throughout the scriptures. And we just want to talk about anger. I want to talk about it because number one, um, anger is an emotion. It is an emotion that we are all born with. It's like you can be happy. You can be sad. You can be excited. You can be you know, just emotional and anger just so happens to be one of those emotional attributes that the Lord has installed in us. So make no mistake, people, God installed anger in us. 
but it is how we perceive that anger. And again, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about the further I get into, you know, this podcast when I start talking about uh, the different scriptures. You know, there's this thing that's that's going around right now to where skeptics love to tell Christians, they love to tell believers in Christ how they should be acting. They love to tell believers in Christ, you know, that's not very Christian. That's not very holy. That's not very godlike. And we know that they do this out of um, trying to be sarcastic. They do this in a sense of trying to make us seem hypocritical as if Christians do not have the right to be angry. Let me be the first to tell you that that is a lie and that believers in Christ indeed can become angry. But the difference between when a believer in Christ becomes angry and a person of the world becomes angry, it's the deciphering of how we act upon it. Because we know that when people of the world get upset and they get angry, they tend to lash out and they tend to act upon it in ill will. While those of us who are believers in Christ, when we're angry, we don't act upon it, but we show it in righteousness and we utilize the power of prayer to make our petitions and supplications known to the Lord for the wrongful acts that go on in this world. I mean, I'll just give you some examples here. It's like abortion. I was just talking to my wife yesterday about abortion and we were, I read this article on the Planned Parenthood website and they were basically saying how they sympathize with African-Americans who are going through such oppression and who tend to have to put up with police brutality. And they had to the nerve, the audacity actually to say that it is, it is because of police brutality, I quote, that is the most violence being happening upon black, basically the black community. That nobody, that nobody hurts the black community like police. That was what Planned Parenthood stated. And when I, when I saw that, I was like, I cannot believe what I'm reading. The hypocrisy here for you to say that police brutality and systematic oppression is the number one suspect of violence towards African-American people. Mind you, people, mind you, that African-American women are the number one customer, the number one customer, folks, when it comes to getting abortions. There's only 13% of African-Americans here in the United States. And over 32% of abortions, they make that up. So that means that there are more African-American babies who are slaughtered in the womb than born. There are more African-American babies that are killed than live African-American citizens. That makes me upset. That makes me angry. And I believe that that would make any believer in Christ upset. 
It would make any believer in Christ angry. There is nothing to be happy about when we talk about the subject of abortion. There's absolutely nothing, nothing, people, to be happy about. There is nothing to be celebrating, absolutely nothing. It makes me angry. And I'm pretty sure that it makes any true believer in Christ angry as well. There is a such thing as righteous anger. Righteous anger, folks, exists. I want to get into these scriptures and we're going to be talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, one of the most famous examples of righteous anger is is actually demonstrated by Jesus. And we can we can find that in the book of Matthew. It's actually in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12, um, excuse me, verses 12 and 13. And I'm going to go ahead and read that. And, and you know, as I read it, I'm going to break it down. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory, folks, but let's go ahead and get into it. And it says, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now we all remember, we've all seen some sort of illustration or some sort of movie or something that showed the Lord going into that temple I mean, he was just wrecking house. I mean, he came in, he started turning tables over. He started yelling, flipping. He just scared the crap out of people. And rightfully so, because they were doing worldly acts in the temple. And the temple was only supposed to be utilized for giving praise and worship to God. It's the house of prayer, but they were conducting business. They were gambling. They were selling things. They were doing wicked acts in the house of God. And Jesus could not handle that. He saw it and he lost it. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that he didn't just go in there and say, hey, guys, <laughs> do you mind stop doing what you're doing? You know, I mean, this is the house of prayer. You know, you're going to have to, you know, do that outside the temple. You know, we don't we don't do that here. No, he couldn't. He didn't do that. I'm pretty sure he showed emotion just like any man would do. I mean, let's think about this for a second. What if you just came home one day? And your friends and associates were in your house and they were just doing all kinds of stuff. Let's just say they had strippers in your house. Let's just say they had drugs in your house and weapons. Let's just say that they had they were gambling in your house. How was that going to make you feel? You're not going to ask them to leave nicely. You're not going to be calm. You're going to show the emotion in which you felt. Now. This is an example of righteous anger. Now, let's not make the mistake of thinking that Jesus hurt anybody. The Lord did not hurt anybody. He didn't hit anybody. He did not exercise violence. What he did was exercise righteous anger because of the situation that was going on. Okay, so 
let's talk about anger for, you know, briefly, the definition of anger. Now, most of us already know what this means. Okay, this is something that we learn in grade school, but believe it or not, there are some people who actually need you to define certain words. They need to know the root meaning of certain words. So that's exactly what we're going to do right here. So I have the definition of anger from the Webster's Dictionary, okay? And it says, anger is a strong feeling of being upset, a strong feeling of being upset. First of all, it's a feeling, right? We talked about that in the beginning of the podcast. It's a natural emotion. It's a feeling of being upset. So something obviously has to happen to you people for you to feel upset. The definition continues by saying it also makes you feel annoyed because something wrong or bad, you know, because of something wrong or bad. That is what anger is. But anger also has a second definition that takes it further. Now, I don't know if you want to consider this a a second definition or do you want to consider this a potential reaction to anger? But it goes on to say it is the feeling that makes someone want to hurt other people. Now, that right there is sin. When your anger causes you to lash out at somebody in violence and hurt somebody, then you have sinned, okay? And that ties in perfectly with the next verse here found in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. It says, to be angry, listen now, be angry and do not sin. It does not say that it's wrong to be angry, folks, but it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know, I used to I used to think about that many years ago. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't understand. I mean, I got the sun in the sky, you got the stars in the sky, you got the moon. What does this have to do with my anger? And then you know the Lord finally revealed to me what exactly that means. It means do not sit and be upset and ponder on your anger all day long. Come to the realization, calm down, and let the Lord handle whatever situation that you're going through, okay? Don't be upset all day until the sun goes down. And then the next day, I mean, we know people who do this. We know people, correct? You know, there's some people who, you know, they may be upset at somebody, they might be angry, and they will hold on to that for a long time. And then sometimes anger morphs into hatred. And then hatred automatically is a sin. We know that that has the potential to cause harm to people. Um, God forbid it has the potential to cause murder. That is exactly why the Lord does not want us to hold on to anger. This is why he said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. When we're upset about something, I believe the first thing we should do is we should, you know, get on our knees and pray about it. We should be praying about it. We should ask the Lord first and foremost, you know, to to help us calm down, to forgive us, and to and to allow us to see the big picture of of the things that are going on right now. Because the fact is, you know, we we can't operate in the in the emotion of anger. We can't. We cannot operate because when you're when you're angry, whether it's righteous anger or whether it's unrighteous anger, it's very difficult to 
to be rational. It's very difficult for you to think clearly and to make proper decisions, you know. But I do feel that when if, if we're demonstrating righteous anger, um, we can't think more clearer than somebody who is demonstrating unrighteous anger because uh, we don't have the motives of wanting to hurt people. We don't have murderous intents. Um, our anger is stemmed from the wrongdoing of others. When we see that somebody is doing something that's incorrect or that's causing harm to somebody, it doesn't make us happy. It makes us upset. Upset for righteousness sake. Amen. So let's go ahead and go to the book of Mark. And I really hope uh, my listeners, I hope you all have your Bibles with you. I hope that you're reading along with me because um, if it's one thing I've learned over the years is that you want to read the word of God for yourself. It's okay to go to church. It's okay to allow somebody else to read to you, but you always want to read the word of God for yourself. Reading it for yourself, the Lord can reveal things to you that may not exactly jump out at you when you are um, listening to a pastor or a preacher or so on and so forth. So um, if you don't have a Bible, please just pause the podcast and go grab your Bible, maybe grab your phone or whatever you choose to use to read. And you can just read along with me. Okay. So I'm in the book of Mark and I'm going to read, it's actually Mark chapter three, and I'm going to read the first six verses here. Okay. And this is just another um, example of the Lord demonstrating, you know, righteous anger. And it says, he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there which who had a withered hand and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man with the withered hand, stand forth. And he said unto him, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. Verse five is the important part, folks. And when he looked around about at them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And stretch it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Now, this is the story of when the Lord healed on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were sitting there looking at him, waiting to see if he was going to do something unlawful, basically, so that they can accuse him. And verse five here is telling us that he, Jesus was looking at them in anger. So I can imagine that he was looking at them with a, with a frown on his face, <laughs> maybe a smug, but you have to understand why he felt that way. He was upset because the Pharisees had hard hearts that they could not actually see past what it is he was doing. Once again, when we see people with ill intentions, when we see people who are plotting, that's not really anything to be happy about, folks. It's nothing to be happy about. And the Lord demonstrated that all throughout the Gospels. You know, people say that Christians are not supposed to get upset and we're not supposed to get angry. Okay. But 
I, I want to say that skeptics think <laughs> they have a very distorted view of who Jesus was. They have a really distorted view of who he was. Um, a lot of them think that he was this blonde haired blue-eyed, hippie-looking guy, you know, who stood around dressed in all white, holding his hands up and glowing and manifesting and stuff of that nature. Um, Jesus was a man's man. He was a carpenter, you know. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. And he wasn't afraid to tell it like it was. You know, there's no nice way to tell the truth to people. There's no nice way to tell people how things are, um, especially when people are deceived and they think they have the truth. They think they know something, but in fact, they know nothing when you actually break it down to them and they snap at you and they get upset and they get angry and they want to try to kill you like the Pharisees did Jesus then you really can't be nice. <laughs> you can't be nice. So when skeptics come on to us and say that, oh, we're preaching hatred or they don't like the tone of our voice. So you're using profanity, which I really don't recommend you do. do I, I'm not saying that you should be going out cursing. You shouldn't. You know, the Bible does tell us to um, cease from corrupt communication. Uh, the world utilizes profanity, and we are to not be of this world. So I do not condone profanity. But at the same time, I'm not going to condemn um, somebody, a believer in Christ, who's trying to make their point, who may drop a word here and there either. Uh, but the world is just, skeptics are just so critical. They have us under a microscope as if they have Christianity uh, figured out. These are the very same people who know nothing about Christianity, who cannot even tell you the difference between Christianity and Catholicism. They believe that they're one and the same. We could do a whole podcast on that, but I digress. Okay. Um, Psalms chapter seven, verse 11. Very interesting verse here. It says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. You know, if, you, if you're reading along with me, I, I want you to take a pen or, or take a highlighter or something of that nature. And I want you to, to mark that word indignation. Uh, maybe your Bible says it, maybe it doesn't. I'm reading out of the King James Bible. Um, I personally believe that the King James Bible is the one and only true word of God. Not condemning you if you choose to read another Bible, but I'm going to read the, from the King James Bible. Okay. So the word indignation, what does that mean? So we also have the definition for indignation here. Okay. And it says to feel angry towards unfair treatment. We can close the book right there. The Bible tells us right here in Psalm 711. God is a righteous judge, and he feels indignation every single day. That means that God is angry every single day. Understand that the definition of indignation is not just any type of anger, but it is anger towards unfair treatment, which brings me back to the subject of abortion. The subject of abortion, the, the 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 act of it itself, I can see keeping God in an angry mood because 
There are innocent lives being slaughtered for the sake of fornication. Because let's be honest, the, the only reason that people get abortions is not because they are not ready to have a baby. It's because they're selfish. It's because they don't want to take responsibilities for their actions. That's why people get abortions. They want to continue to live their life. They want to continue to party. They don't want any accountability, but they still want to continue to have sex outside of marriage. If more people got married, there would be less abortions being committed. But since they do continue to, to be committed, God's indignation is demonstrated every single day. Because it's unfair treatment. And it's not just abortion. There's so many things that go on in this world that are so unfair to people. But understand that all acts will be judged accordingly. That the Lord is not going to let anybody get away with anything. You see, you may get, people may get away from the arm of the law. They may get away from it. But it's okay. Because God is going to judge them. Amen. One more verse here, Psalms 4, 4, and it says, be angry and sin not, ponder on your own hearts and be silent by your bed. When you get upset, people, pray about it. Don't be ashamed of being angry because righteous anger is just, but always don't let it, don't let it go down on you at the end of the day. Get it off your chest. Pray about it. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. I pray you all have a wonderful day. God bless each and every one of you. And I will see you in the next episode of Biblical Truth Central. God bless.